Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Intellectual Intercourse. I am one of your hosts, Ife, and you can follow me at Twitter, on Twitter, at N-G-E-L-A Black. Hey ladies, where you at? Hey, what's up Ife, Lene, what's up, how's it going? You already know it's your girl, Re. Hello people, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at revamped, R-I-E-V-A-M-P-E-D. You can also me also follow me on my Instagram at Jotitha, J-O-T-O-T-H-E, like Motitha. And as I always say, Brandy, don't sue me. What's up, Lene? <laughs> What's up? This is Lene. You can follow me on Twitter at the Lene J. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Lene.J, I think. Yeah, that's what it is. I always get those two confused. <laughs> but what's up? How's everybody? We in here. <laughs> in here. What's up? How are you guys doing? How was your week? How was your weekend? I sound fake sick for like no reason. Like, I think it's because of my fan. I don't know. Like my nose is running for no reason. It wasn't doing this earlier. Well, the weather is changing, though. It's getting a little chill. A little bit. I like it, though. Slightly. I'm Me glad too. that it's not, yeah. like, hot. I like to be able to wear, like, jackets and sweaters mm. and stuff like that. I love it. It's mm. starting to get a little cool out here in Chicago, and I'm getting scared. Why? I'm not ready for no Chicago, Chicago winter. winter. <laughs> that's so true, because you're so used to Cali, right? So, like, that's yeah. going to be a whole other world for you. Mm-hmm. You'll survive, though. I'm pretty sure you will. But actually, I've never experienced a Chicago winter. So I don't know if it's better or worse than Boston from when I used to live there. That's crazy. You haven't experienced New York yet, huh? Well, no, yes, I have. But it was it was a breeze. I was like, this is it. This is all New York got for a winter. Like, no zero degrees, no negative one. Global warming. Yeah, it was actually a warm winter. I was like, dang. And I think it only snowed maybe twice in like March. And that was it. Mm. And so it wasn't that bad. It wasn't like unbearable. But speaking well, of our week, from the country, I know. So. Yeah, yeah, true. So you're used to like we don't get. I mean, winters here in Maryland, Virginia are weird. In Maryland, mm-hmm. it is weird. It's cold, but we don't get snow all the time. If we do get snow, two inches, they want to close everything down. Yeah, so. yeah. I'm not but I'm not for complaining. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I can't. Yes. Um, speaking of our week, my birthday was yesterday. Yes. And you so, and I, um, yep, me and my twin. So if you guys are listening to this, my birthday was on August twenty third, on Wednesday. Um, so yeah, it was pretty exciting. I'm excited for the weekend to turn up. Um, we're having a party at a venue with some friends, so I'm excited about that. I'm excited for my outfit. Just saying, can't wait to show you guys. And um. Yeah, I'm excited to turn up and have a good time. Yes. How's everybody else's week going? That's so exciting. But did you have a good Thanks. birthday and everything? I did. Um, I went to work. Mm-hmm. And what did I do? This is yesterday. Why can I not remember? Oh, okay. I went out to eat with my sister and some friends. And then I was going to go after that. But I was like, I actually want to go home and lay in bed and watch Bob's Burgers. And so (laughs) I spent the rest of my birthday doing that. I was just like, I'd rather be in bed right now. But I guess that's 26. Hashtag washed. Um, I'm washed all the way. Like, I love my naps. What? (laughs) I love my naps. Hashtag washed. I am. Well, I don't think it's a 26 thing. I think it's just a me thing. I, I love my naps. I love, like, being in bed and just, like 
cuddling up. I don't know. I'm weird. <laughs> like, I'm an old lady on the inside. Yes, old soul. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it gets worse as you get older. You're happy to be in bed at 8 30, 9 o'clock. Listen, I'm, I'm already in bed by 8 30, 9 o'clock, okay? <laughs> on, a, on a weekday, when I have to work, I'm like, nah. I'm so, like, strict about my schedule and what time I have to be in bed by. Because mm-hmm. I don't like going to work all tired. Mm-hmm. But how was, um, how was the week for both of you? Yeah, mine was, um, mine was okay. It's been okay. It's, I'm glad it's kind of moved. Well, to me, it feels like the week is moving fast. Um, just dealing with work stuff, you know, trying to tie up loose ends in my department. That can be stressful. It's stressful. Um, so I guess just trying to make the most of it and, um, focus and then get ready for my weekend job so <laughs> um find some rest in between but i have this pet peeve it i don't know if i'm making a big deal out of something small but talk about it what's the etiquette when you to me when you enter a room you're supposed to say good morning right you greet the people that's in the room right at least that's if you just, feel like it <laughs> right no i'm joking yeah that is the proper way to do it <laughs> At least that's just how I was raised. And it just bothers me. Sometimes people will come in my little space and not say good morning. And I'm like, <laughs> but you walked in the room. I'll, I'll say good morning regardless. But it still bothers me. Because it's like, you just walked in the room. You're not going to acknowledge anyone that's in here. I mean, that's happened to me a few times work. at work. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't pay any mind. I, yeah, I mean, sometimes I don't feel like talking to people, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess I don't mind it. Like, if you're not talking to me, fine, because no. I didn't want to talk either. <laughs> I mean, it's work. Who's jolly? Yeah. Work. Well, <laughs> my job is jolly, but but I get what you mean. I'm not, like, overly jolly either. So Yeah, I, mean, I get Ife, I get that. It's just, I guess because I work in a small space, it's like, dang, it's like four of us here. Like, you're not going to say good morning? I mean, we ain't got, like like you said, Lene, we ain't got to talk all day. I mean, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to say good morning when you walk through the door, at least? That's true. I think it's, it's proper etiquette to do so. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine, like, even for me, being all fake introverted. I say fake introverted because I feel like I'm coming out of my shell more. Congrats mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I feel like even walking into a room, like, even if I don't feel like talking, I'll still say good morning or smile or wave or something. Like, I'm not going to ignore your presence in the room unless I really have a reason to, which right. is rare. But it, I feel like even then, I'll still be courteous enough to say good morning. I think it's the proper thing to do. So, mm-hmm. look, if I don't feel like talking or greeting, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Word. <laughs> I'm just not. Because it's like, I ain't going to be fake and greet you. I don't want to greet you, so I ain't going to say nothing. No, I don't think it's... I feel you. I feel you. I don't think it's being I fake, I mean, if though. somebody comes at me and says good morning I'm gonna return it but I'm not gonna initiate any greetings if I don't feel like it it must be a Cali thing I don't know I learned um that Californians aren't very friendly people well I thought it was just me but I really have a big problem with people who just stare at me yo same but I went to um I was at a tattoo place and I didn't even know that this guy was from California but he mentioned like I don't know people here in the midwest they just stare at you 
And then he said, where I'm from, like, if you stare at a, per- a person, that means you want to fight. And I was like, Mm-mm. thank you. And I said, where are you from? And he said, I'm from <laughs> um, Northern California. I was like, oh, my God, it's a California thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, I don't like people staring at me either, especially if you don't say nothing to me. <laughs> like, you right. just don't right. stare at me and don't say hello. I hate that. <laughs> I hate and sometimes that's just... I sometimes I just assume like okay well for me like if I'm staring at somebody like if it's like another girl and I'm staring at her I'm probably like digging her outfit or thinking mm-hmm. that like her hair is cute or something like that so if someone stares at me I'd try to take it personal or think that it's negative but if someone's staring at me for way too long or I hate those people who like will stare at you when you catch them staring at you they'll still stare at you still like those stare. people are creeps those <laughs> okay. are psychos Very yes those are psychos I'm like dang walk you have away no shame hella creepy walk away <laughs> like you have no shame like you're still staring at me even after you got caught like try to play it off or something like right. you're making me Mm-mm. feel weird now like you gotta walk mm. the other direction that's a serial killer <laughs> change the car on the train do something y'all I'm recording at a church right and I had to find a room that had no echo. So I'm in the prayer room, right? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and these white folks are looking through the window like, <laughs> but you know how they just going to look at you yeah. and they're not even going to yeah. say nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, they just right walking now? by. Yeah, they just walking by looking through the window. That like well, oh, well. <laughs> you're, in the war room. you're in the war room right now. I'm in the prayer room. Yes, come on, pray. <laughs> I can't. Guys, I have a random question. Okay. What? Um, who said what? I said what? <laughs> okay, it's nothing, it's nothing bad. It's nothing like... It goes in with today's topic, but I just thought about it, so I thought that we'd, we can talk about it really quick. If that's okay with you, ladies. Yeah, that's fine. Um, okay. Because it's something that I've been thinking about recently... And it's something that I have a hard time with, and I can explain. So, you know, sometimes when we're going through stuff or whatever, like, you know, we had to put on for our jobs or put on for certain things or whatever, and you feel like, well, I don't want to show that I'm going through something, or I don't want to show that, like, I'm in a low place right now or whatever. So... In those moments, I guess sometimes I feel like I have to pretend to be strong, which can, which can like be very frustrating. Number one, because I don't like to pretend or hide my feelings. Like if I feel a certain way, I feel just that, and mm-hmm. I don't feel like I need to mask it or cover it up to do anything. Um, mm-hmm. So like in those times, I guess I don't really know how to frame the question. I just know what I want to talk about. So let me think about that. So when you are in like a moment where you're having like one of your low times or whatever and you don't really feel like interacting or you just want to be in bed all day or you don't want to talk to people things like that how do you go about dealing with it so that you don't stay in that slump and do you try to fake it do you try to pretend that you're strong during those times like how do you deal with those low dark moments when your mind is just everywhere and you are just like an undercover wreck i guess you can say um i just allow myself to go through it so I can get out of it because I've noticed if I try to suppress it um, I I deal with it for a, a prolonged time so I just allow myself to feel every possible emotion if I feel 
like I want to be immature about something I'm gonna allow myself to be immature about something if I want to be a jealous little bit you know I'm allow myself to be a little jealous you know <laughs> lady if I want to be salty I'm gonna be salty but I just make sure that I don't stay in it so mm. yeah I mean I pretty much agree with um, Ife. I am a processor. I think we all are. And I think a part of dealing with those low moments is, and those dark spaces, is acknowledging them, that they're present. Um, I've also learned that isolation is a killer. It does not help. It will make mm-hmm. you overthink over um uh analyze maybe the situation it's okay we're gonna have moments of hardship in our life we're gonna have moments of despair even david had them you know what i mean a, a man after god's own heart um we're all because we're human um but the thing is to not pretend as if they don't exist to act mm-hmm. like you know mm-hmm. that I'm just functioning you know I say it a lot I think I say it a lot to you Lene like we're not robots we're mm-hmm. flesh and blood mm-hmm. and our brains are wired with emotions for a reason with feelings for a reason you have to express those feelings of despair as well as those feelings of joy and you know for me my faith in Christ helps um talking with people I'm learning to talk a lot of times I would be immersed in dark spaces and really just depression kicking my behind because I didn't I was just afraid to talk because I was afraid of how I would be portrayed but you know stepping aside from that fear and just letting it go with those that you you know trust and look to it does help but you're gonna go through it some points you are gonna be alone whether it be physically or maybe that you know those who you confide in can't be there at the moment it don't mean that they're not there you're gonna be alone but you just have to you know healthily process it even the whole therapy process i'm back to the drawing board on that too i gotta that's a long story i gotta find a new Mm-hmm. A new person. <laughs> uh, we'll talk. We'll talk about it another, another episode. But that's a long, long story. And hey, y'all, yeah. I don't. I hate yeah. to like change the subject, but since we asking questions, yeah. y'all, my edges like on the left side <laughs> is thinning out, and I don't know what to do. I'm sitting here massaging it while y'all y'all are talking and like i'm freaking out like one side i got flourishing edges the other side is thinning out and i don't know what to do i keep touching it maybe i should stop touching it yeah i think that's where you should start um (laughs) i think uh, i I don't know i'm i don't know where to go from here (laughs) That that was just so unexpected for me. I don't I don't know where to go from okay, here. Ife, to answer your question about this whole <laughs> edges situation, first of all, stop stop rubbing the area. 
because your <laughs> edges are the most sensitive part of your hair and, and scalp. And if you keep rubbing it, then you're definitely going to have an actual bald spot and look like you got ringworms. So, um, <laughs> so no rubbing it. No massaging the oils. No. no just, how, just put the well, castor oil on and just go on with my life. Oh, so you use castor oil. Some sort of castor oil, yes. Do you like castor? Because castor oil is harsh on my hair. I can't use it. I don't. I don't know. I. I don't. I don't know. I've never actually mm. seen like the um, the the effects of it like working. Cause my I'll do something and then I'll feel like my edges are thinning out. But I think I probably mm. have like dysmorphia or something like scalp dysmorphia, where I think I see my edges thinning out so then I start messing mm-hmm. with it and then it actually starts thinning out I think I just have an obsession that I just need to like get over but <laughs> let's move on it's fine thank you Ree I feel sure, so much you're better welcome. you're welcome um to sorry to add on to what we were discussing earlier um what was I gonna say um oh so for me like I don't like to fake my emotions um, like Ife was saying, I, I just, I don't like to always feel like, because people know me to be strong from what I think, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But since like, I've had so many people tell me like, yeah, you're strong, you know, you've overcome this, you've overcome that. And then, you know, it can become a, sometimes it can be kind of become cliche to always hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, like when you're going through something, people will be like, you know, be strong or you're so strong. Um, you know, don't this break you down, but it's just like. I feel like sometimes it doesn't help me because I like to feel mm-hmm. all of my emotions and so I feel like I have to end up pulling myself together quicker than I want to and so then that makes me end up suppressing everything mm-hmm. all over again rather than just like going through it mm-hmm. and so for me I don't I'm like struggling with the balance of being strong but actually letting myself feel mm-hmm. my emotions because I also don't want to psych myself out and be like well you're supposed to be strong um, people see you as someone who's strong and you see yourself as resilient X and et cetera and X, Y, and Z. So, you know, just just suck it up kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why I brought that up and asked that question, well, first, before I move on, does anybody want to add to that? Uh, I was just going to quickly say, you know, I think um, we miss sometimes, even, you know, thinking about this, I think we misunderstand and surmise being strong as not being emotional or being vulnerable Mm -hmm. when it's actually a proponent of it is being vulnerable and being emotional one of the definitions for strong i know i randomly looked this up but one of the definitions for strong is efficient so i can't be efficient if i'm not conscious of uh, my you know myself my emotions mm-hmm. my feelings how how can you so that's my little yeah. tidbit yeah Ife did you have anything you wanted to add just I mean if it in- involves you to uh, go somewhere alone to go through your lows then do it if you feel comfortable going through it around people then do it just as long as you allow yourself to 
feel what you're feeling. I mean, you feel how you feel mm-hmm. for a reason. Whether the reason is right. ridiculous or not, you feel in that way. And I also not- <clears throat> noticed, excuse me, that when I allow myself to go through what I'm feeling, I always find like a resolution and I end up finding out the root of why I'm feeling a certain type of way. And then I can just, mm-hmm. you know, um, overcome that. So I don't allow whatever situation that was to take me back to that place. Mm-hmm. Hello, I'm Ife, and this is The Dope Report, where we separate the dope from the dopes. Black Twitter. You have made the past two days wonderful for me. Taylor Swift. You have made the past two days wonderful for me. Thank you. This has been The Dope Report. And then to tie that into our main topic for today, so like, I know we all watch Insecure, and yeah. you know Molly and Issa. I love Insecure, by the way. Like, I love that show. Yes. Um, you know Molly and Issa exemplify in some ways like the modern black woman, like without the stereotypes. Well, yes and no, kind of. You know, just really being confident, the microaggressions that they may go through, things like that. Um, and so. I know that us as black women, we have certain experiences that other people may not have. Um, and so, sorry, look, my brain is mush today. But with that said, um, how does it really feel to be a black woman? And the reason why I talk about Insecure is because I think it's really awesome to see women of color on the screen, mm-hmm. um, sharing their experiences mm-hmm. um, that we go through <laughs> sometimes. Um, and the only other show I can really think of that really had that, well, from the top of my head, that really had that all black woman dynamic was Girlfriends. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Insecure is just that, like, is the one that really hits the nail on the head that we can really relate to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are your insecurities about being a black woman? What are some things that you're proud of? How does it really feel to be a black woman from your point of views? Revamped? Would you like to take this one? <laughs> yes, revamped. Um, I've had a day to think, rethink about this. So while I do... Emphasis on re. Yes. Yes, <laughs> reclaiming. Um, no, while I do um, consider being a black woman a honor, I wouldn't, you know, want to be anything else but a black woman. I think that it's, you know, beautiful. I also think that 
where it is beautiful, where it is rich. And, you know, seeing those examples growing up of um, wonderful black women in my personal life. I've also seen the, the, uh, I don't want to, I guess difficulties would be the word to use, but I've seen the, um, what word am I looking for like afflictions maybe with being a black woman uh the some of the outside stressors that you know you don't have a control over mm-hmm. you know how you're viewed how you're um perceived in in life in walking down the street in dealing with interacting with um people on your job at church at you know for those of us who go to an interracial church or um you know those type of things so um i think if i had to you know surmise this it would be a beautiful struggle to be a black woman it's hard sometimes it's <laughs> it's really hard to be to to have to kind of watch yourself in a sense or feel like you have to watch yourself um, mm. because you don't want to be stereotyped as the angry black woman or the sassy woman just because you're sure of yourself and this has happened to me I've had you know women that are not black tell me (laughs) I'm sassy or you know sharp because I'm made you know be confident in affirming uh, what I believe whether it's on the workplace or my expertise in the job that I do Um, so that can be you know stressful and kind of hurtful but not hurtful to where I'm like boohooing you know or upset mm-hmm. because oh my gosh she see me as sassy because you know part of me doesn't care mm-hmm. but to me I think it's unfortunate you know if I guess I'm bad to say it's unfortunate because you're just basing that off of what you see or what maybe have been propagated you know so that's just you know off the top of the dome what about you Ethan? um I like being black, being a black woman. I wouldn't want to be any other type of woman because, you know, nowadays every other type of woman is going to get their body modified to look like a black to look woman. Like a black woman. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you Talk know. Talk about it. Well, well, yes, in that prayer room. Um, preach. Come on. Because <laughs> <laughs> he is using you. But, um, I digress. But, I mean, Aesthetically, um, <laughs> stop laughing. Let me. I'm trying to get my thoughts <laughs> I together, but you over there laughing. Um, <laughs> I I think being a black woman is is entertaining. There's honestly like the essence of just being a black woman is awesome. We are full of life. Um, we are creative. You know, ergo, insecure. Mm-hmm. Um, we just have a lot of stories to tell. Um, we're just beautiful people aesthetically, creatively, 
um, it's just awesome. But for some reason, socially, we just can't, we can't flourish. We can't thrive out here. We are not allowed to be ourselves like the full essence of who we are. Um, and that's just the negative side. That's the con of being a black woman. Um, being, it's the being that's I have a problem with. Um, and the being is what everybody else has a problem with. Um, like you said, Re, you can't be sure of yourself because people will be threatened by that. They'll say you're sassy. Okay, we are a lot to handle. A lot of people can't handle us. A lot of people can't process us, grasp us. So when they misunderstand us, mm. they're going to stamp that as us being aggressive. Mm. There is, I mean, sure, there are some women, and I think it's just people in general. There are some black women, white women, whomever, who have character flaws where... You, okay maybe you are aggressive maybe you got a you got a problem but then us as a whole we're just so misunderstood and because they don't understand us they'll just paint it negatively right right i think mm-hmm. i think a lot of times you know that is exactly what it is you're right we do have our idiosyncrasies there are things i know i have to be mindful of how i say things Mm -hmm. I do but for the most part I try to be respectful of you know a person their opinion or how I address a person I'm really like conscious about that I for the most I try you know um so but if I know I'm not being rude to you Mm -hmm. and I know that you messed up on something and I'm just you know correcting you Mm -hmm because it's my job to do so then how you gonna get offended you know what I mean mm-hmm. like like I'm shocked but I'm not shocked when I hear people do that I'm like I, I really had to sit and this happened to me the other day you know I was explaining my um without divulging too much I was explaining what I do and the girls who was just kind of like offended at my I guess my tone but my tone like I said I wasn't yelling at her I wasn't rude I was just like no I do you know more than what you think that I do and she mm-hmm. just her eyes got wide and mm-hmm. was offended mm-hmm. and I really sat at my desk like I don't think I was rude like yeah you know I don't know if it's sensitivity. I don't know. Because I consider myself, I think I'm very sensitive. Mm-hmm. I think over the years mm-hmm. I've grown a tough shell, but, um, you know, I don't know. I just, I don't think I was, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was. Maybe, I don't, <laughs> I don't see, and that's the thing, you going back and forth. Yeah. And that's what I'm dealing with now. Um, even yesterday when I texted y'all, um, am I too much on the podcast? Mm-hmm. And you're you're not the only people who I always have to ask like okay how was I did I do this and every time I'm getting like no you're fine and and, and it's oh it drives me crazy because then you know I will replay a scenario over and over to see mm-hmm. if you know okay did I do something that made this person react this type of way that I provoke something and that will drive a person crazy. Right. 
Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, but I feel like that's the that's the con of it because I feel like we always have to second guess ourselves, and that mm-hmm. shouldn't be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, we shouldn't have to second guess whether or not like if what we said was appropriate for the for the moment mm-hmm. or <clears throat> excuse me, I'm fake sick. Mm-hmm. Like, where's it coming from? And you know what that um, is? Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> But I yeah. think that second guessing thing comes from, and correct me if I'm wrong, but society uh, making us to believe that we deserve, that we deserved whatever uh, reaction that any other person gives us. We caused mm. it. So, mm. and that's why that's we're true. always second guessing ourselves because. Oh, I deserved to be abused. I deserved this person to cuss me out. I deserved et cetera and et cetera. Yeah, I no, agree. I think I, I definitely agree. I agree with that. Um, wow. I never really yeah. looked at it that way, but yeah, I do agree with that. Agree. And we don't deserve any of that. And I feel like, you know, before I go into the cons, for me, the I love being black. Like... You know, you know, when we have our black Twitter moments mm-hmm. or when we come together as a community, mm-hmm. um, things like that, like our culture, our music, um, fashion, the way we look, like all those different kinds of things. I, I really appreciate who we are as black people. I would never want to be anything else but black, even despite right. Right. our tragic history. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like with all of the activists that came before us and how strong they were and how resilient they were that makes me proud okay they really paved the way for us like mm. we still have some way we have a lot a long way to go mm-hmm. but they really paved the way for us to be who we are now and to learn the truth about our culture now what they're teaching us in high school not like what they're teaching kids now they in do. these textbooks but the, to learn the truth about our culture um and where we come from um it's disheartening but it amazes me at the same time because I can see how we're so strong. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes I wonder if that, that strength is twofold because yes, we're strong by nature, but then I feel like there's a part of us that feels like we have to be because we always have been, or because we always have been perceived as such. And so it can kind of, I know for me personally, that can kind of feel like, well, I, in this moment, I'm actually not strong, um, but people expect you to be um but being a black woman i love it and but i also agree with you ladies that i feel like i'm very conscious of my of my blackness overly conscious maybe and i always used to wonder is it's just me because whether it's getting on a train or how my face looks or if i smiled at like the bank teller or how does my tone of voice sound am i raising my voice too much am i being too happy right now Am I being too hype at this party? Um, how, how do I look when I, when I dress a certain way? Or just certain things like that. And it's just like, I just feel like it can drive one person insane. Or maybe it's just a me thing. But um, like, how do I conduct myself when I walk into the store? Or um, those kind of things because of my skin color. I feel like it drives me crazy. It's something mm. that I feel like I shouldn't have to think about mm. every single day, but unfortunately, yeah. I do, and I think that um, earlier on in my mm-hmm. in my days, I didn't really think about it as much. Um, I grew up in a Hispanic community, and so you know there was just like some insecurities that stemmed from that alone being mm-hmm. black because it was it would be like 
if you're dating a Spanish guy, oh, why are you dating a black girl? Those kind of things. Right. And so those kind of moments right. I mean, <clears throat> can try to make you feel insecure. Um, and then for moments like walking into an establishment with all white people and then them staring at you or looking at you like you're going to do something to them, that's annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I feel like, because that happened to me recently, a few weeks ago at a pizza shop. I don't really want to get into it, but long story short, some girl was looking at me like I was probably gonna like snatch her purse or something. Like, girl, bye. Like, no one's even looking at you. I'm here to get pizza like you are. And it took me everything. Like, the way she was grilling me, guys. Like, yo. You would expect me to be grilling at her that way. And if I was grilling at her that way, she would feel unsafe or whatever. And so it took me everything not to say to her, do you feel threatened that I'm here? But I know that if I said that, then I would be playing to the angry black woman stereotype. So it's either you you just got to pick and choose your battles, which I feel like I shouldn't have to do because I feel like someone who's not black, or I'm just going to say it, someone who's, who's white may not feel like they have to hold back their, hold their tongue on the things that they want to say. They can say it, and it would be probably be deemed correct, even if it's rude. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to that extreme, but I feel like it wouldn't be taken as negatively if I probably would have said this the same thing. No, it wouldn't because it stems from you know white privilege. Unfortunately, white privilege is a thing. Um, and to chime in, you know, I saw your tweets about that, and it's unfortunate, you know, that you had the experiences. We all have to experience at some point in our lives, we've experienced those type of situations. But as you were talking, I was thinking, you know, I, a part of it is you, you know, a non person of color is, you know, be you white or I don't know, European, uh, well, the same thing, but, um, you know is you embracing my color acknowledging that yes i'm black but don't get a chance to know a person and Mm -hmm. and vice versa i mean Mm -hmm. you know same on my end i you know you there's no way um but then again now i'm thinking about it is residual effects of jim crow my historian lens is on and this is what we're dealing with you know but to acknowledge my blackness is to acknowledge me mm-hmm. as a person you I, I don't get the people that say that they're colorblind really you're colorblind no <laughs> that's not a good thing to be you know uh-uh. what I mean it's it's really not it's mm-hmm. not a good place to be in um no <laughs> how you gonna live your life color like and I get I think in a weird way I get what they were trying to do by saying that but no no sorry miss me with that yeah uh, no but to, you um, said oh, respond sorry, to you Lene mm-hmm. it's okay to respond to you Lene um maybe you should have asked that woman do you feel threatened so bad. um maybe in a sober you know manner because obviously right. maybe at that time you know maybe you shouldn't have and it probably was good that you didn't because you was mm-hmm. pissed but like if we are ever in that situation and we can uh get ourselves to be in a um, i don't want to say humane because it's just so wrong but in a like sober uh um, state 
we, maybe we should ask a white person or whomever, but we just gonna say white because some of y'all be tripping. Do you feel threatened by me right now? You know? Hmm. Yeah, I'm annoyed. Cause like, and you have a right to be upset. I mean, to say yeah, that you as have well. a right to be upset, and that's the thing. That's the narrative for us. We deserve. We don't have a right to be upset. And like, because I feel like even if you are calmly vocalizing something, somebody else will try to play the victim and feel threatened. Mm-hmm. Like the other day, um, I was at Walgreens and. You know, the security guard is there. I think I think he might he's not he's not white, I don't think, but he's not black. I don't know what he was, but you know, I'm I've been in the aisle for a long time looking at some stuff. And so like, you know, I keep seeing him in the corner of my eye walking back and forth through like the side of that aisle. I'm like, okay, I obviously know he's watching me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not taking anything, like everything's in my hand or whatever. And I'm like, Okay, Lene, don't don't take it personal. It's not a you thing. Or just let it go. Maybe he's like looking at something else. But like you know how when you catch somebody's eye and they look away because they know that they had their eye on you and they mm-hmm. felt embarrassed, like they were really watching you. So that happened. So like I looked over when he looked at me and he looked away really quick and I'm like, yeah, that's how I know you're watching me. And so the other day I went back in there. I think it was like a few days ago, and I walked yeah. to the mm-hmm. counter. And he was like at the other side of the store, but he came over and stood like he was trying to patrol the cash register area while I was up there. I'm like, this is the second time. Like I recognize him. I don't think he recognizes me, but this is like, I feel like he does his job based off of stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Because why do you need to walk that close to the counter when I'm checking out? And then when I was getting ready to leave the store, when I was done being checked out, he went to the front of the door to patrol that area as if like maybe the alarm would have gone off at that time. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but his moves were so like well-organized. I'm like, I know what you're doing and I'm gonna walk out of the store confident because I don't have to steal anything from you. And that's another thing too that I said on Twitter, like I'm not gonna do anything to make white people feel comfortable because I feel like Mm -hmm. no matter where I go, I I have to think to myself, well, okay, Lene, let me not get too hype or let me not talk too loud or let me not be too yeah. X, Y, and Z because I don't want to disturb anybody else's peace. But what about when mm-hmm. you're in my area, when you're in my comfort zone? Because sometimes some people take a lot of space. Like you mm-hmm. act like this area is yours and it's not. Like we're all here. Like, and that's one thing about parties. Let me not, maybe we're on a rant. My voice just went up a little bit. And you know what? The, that know. you saying, um, what about you being in my space reminded me um, on Sunday, uh, the Sunday after the Nazi ridiculousness, right? Mm. In church, shout out to Jason Hevelston. I hope I said your last name well. But he is the uh, pastor of the church that I go to. Mm-hmm. And he is Caucasian. And he will, every chance he gets, he will let everybody know anyone who is under his you know sermons he will let everybody know that he is white and white people be tripping sometimes and um Mm -hmm. he said and he he felt very convicted to discuss um what was going on and uh apply biblical uh teachings to it and he said that um, he did a comparison of a black person or a person of color being surrounded by white people. You know, the whole, oh, I'm the only black person in this room, mm-hmm. you know? And he um, 
said that, you know, that can be very uncomfortable for a person of color to be in that kind of a situation. But he shared that um, when he went to, um, so he went to West Garfield, Chicago. It's a predominantly African-American neighborhood. And he went to go eat there at this turkey uh, sandwich shop. And he noticed that he was the only white man, white person in the establishment. But instead of being uncomfortable, he said that that kind of, and I'm just paraphrasing, um, that that kind of boosted, like it stroked his ego. He felt a sort of uh, uniqueness. He felt like it was an experience. So even finding himself being the only Caucasian person in the room, that, you know, um, boosted the sense of pride. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was Mm -hmm. like, yo. So they, they are not, you know, having to be aware of anything even if they find themselves um in a situation where they are the minority that they are actually the majority still Mm. yeah i don't know i just have a lot of thoughts that's that's real that's crazy and then you know to take it further like as an aside but it kind of it, it goes but you know we as black women you know having to to it's a great burden to to you know impact the next generation of you know young black girls and women and young black boys and with the men on their side but you know I was thinking about it sitting here the you know sexualization of little black girls and how little black girls are seen to be or perceived to viewed to be um, older than what they are mm-hmm. or viewed to be less innocent um, than what than their you know white counterparts I remember reading an article a long time about um, long time ago about about this uh, shout out to Georgetown I think it was Georgetown uh, University their law they did like research on it and you know discussed how you know our young black girls and i'm sure our young black uh boys too but for this article was you know research was done for black girls they're getting you know harsher uh discipline in schools and you know than their white counterparts or non-black girls um because of how they're viewed the perception of a black girl um and we see it all the time the girls mm-hmm. having to be little girls being called women or you know i was thinking about the girl that got um attacked by that officer at some party in texas do y'all remember that the girl got uh attacked by at the, the pool officer. party yeah, at the pool party at the pool mm-hmm. party she wasn't an adult. I mean, even if she was, it's no excuse. But the way that they portray our younger, you know, people 
in the media in society that's another thing you have to combat because we don't we're not just thinking for ourselves we're thinking for the future and it can be <laughs> it can be tough to think about or deal yeah. with yeah um, I don't know it's just like and the other thing too that bothers me I'm not going on a rant because I don't want to you know prolong this but the other thing too is that when we try to uplift ourselves or when we try to talk about ourselves we always get called out for excluding others mm-hmm. like can mm-hmm. we have a moment we're not excluding anybody not if like it. for example Diddy had tweeted like I love I love my black women well what about all women well it's just like shut up sorry shut up like no one's saying he didn't he's not saying he doesn't like other women right okay he's shouting out black women at this time he's not excluding anybody when we uplift ours it's always well what about x y it's that's that's the problem we don't always have to include you mm-hmm. we don't and and don't feel like us having our pride or us feeling like we're uplifting ourselves means that means that like why do you have to feel threatened by that you're uplifted like people mm-hmm. sorry but what people are uplifted every day from commercials mm-hmm. to um what's what's in the movies mm-hmm. to actors mm-hmm. to actresses to the um the music industry always uplifted and you never hear a black person complain about that unless i mean not complaining to the point where they feel like it's not justified mm-hmm. not feeling like oh well out of jealousy or out of spite but mm-hmm. when we uplift ourselves it's always like well what about us and that's why I like um, how Solange, you know, wrote that song for us, by us, I believe it's called. And like some mm-hmm. stuff is for us. Some stuff is not going to always include you. And that's fine. Like I don't go to a Puerto Rican day um, festival. Say, what about the black people here? <laughs> right. Let them like let them have mm-hmm. their moment. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. That's crazy. I was at the Puerto Rican. I had caught a glimpse of the Puerto Rican day parade here in Chicago when it was going on and I was like acknowledging that yo this is the Puerto Rican I was like yo the Puerto Ricans are lit the Puerto right. Ricans are yeah. lit and I was celebrating the fact that they are Puerto Rican and that they are proud of their culture and I was like yo look at all these Puerto Rican flags and I was celebrating who they were with them mm-hmm. and I think that's and it's people of other cultures and people of color they can recognize other people's cultures mm-hmm. and they will celebrate other people's cultures with them. Right. They're not like, what about us? Right. You know, we are so mindful and aware that we will acknowledge, but I don't want to be like, attack the white people. But like, <laughs> and it's because of white supremacy yes. Yes. that it's, that's what makes it difficult for them to get on that level with us to look at somebody raising their flag and just be like yo i see you i see you instead of being threatened like you're trying to replace us this is america like, you calm know? down like y'all have been around for years <laughs> like i don't know we have to but at the same time it's just like no don't feel threatened like if i say i i love my strong black woman Okay, mm-hmm. I'm acknowledging us. And there will be mm-hmm. a time where I may acknowledge you. At the same time, we're acknowledging us. Like, we, I don't know. I just feel like we have such a respect for other cultures. And, like, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that, and for our listeners who may not 
be black and if you're white cool like we're not we're not knocking you i have no bad blood my body for no, white people we're just, and this we're is just stating the truth right. It is right. the truth. It's like, just the white supremacy. We're yeah, just I'm going gonna, after white supremacy. I'm not going to be like, I have white friends to justify because I do. But that's no, like the same thing as somebody saying, oh, I have black friends. But... white supremacy. <laughs> Word. And, and racism. So, like, I just feel like, you know, if we want to have our moment, let us have our moment. And, like, and that's something that I want to start instilling. That's one thing that I love about my job is that we stress the importance of having staff members that look like them because um caucasian students in our school are the minority there's like a lot of guyanese students from pakistan students from bangladesh um jamaica trinidad like a whole array of um, students of color mm-hmm. and we stress that and i was so happy to see that we have so many new women of color in um our mm-hmm. building this year like that for me was like wow like we're really doing it like I don't remember having a, a teacher who was a woman of color mm. when I was growing up. I just don't. And so to be a part of that movement is like, I want my students to embrace who they are. You're a woman of color. And I'm, spe- I'm, I'm speaking of women right now because that's what we're talking about. But mm-hmm. you're a woman of color. Don't let anybody box you in. When you apply for these colleges, don't feel mm-hmm. like you have to change who you are or right. that um they may you know deny you because of your first name once they glance at it which is discrimination to even begin with mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. it is but at the end of the day like i want to empower them to understand that like yeah you're a woman of color and be proud of that and if you're not a woman of color because mm-hmm. i have some students who are not you know embrace that the sisters that you have here in the school are women of color and mm-hmm. empower them to go out into the world and not feel ashamed about that like teaching them that mm-hmm. early um, but all in all, yeah. I love being a black woman. Um, mm-hmm. I will be proud to have black children. And even if they're mixed, cool. But I still want them to be proud of mm-hmm. being black. And I think that's something that was instilled in me when I was growing up. But now that I'm in my 20s, close to 30s, good Lord. Um, no offense, oh Rini, Faye, you guys are closer than me. No offense. Oh um, <laughs> but... <laughs> I'm embracing it a lot more but I love being a black woman and I'm not letting anybody shame me for that because um, I think that racism right. and prejudice is just stupid to begin with over some color like mm-hmm. let's just like like move past that like it's getting old sorry but that's where I end with um, that <laughs> I'm gonna make a point and then I'm gonna ask a question you can answer the question first uh, Lene okay um, but um, to all the white listeners um white brothers and sisters um it's okay it's okay to celebrate another culture it's okay to and if you're not already this is if you you're not already doing it mm-hmm. um it's okay to celebrate other people of color it's okay to let other people of color um uh, <laughs> have their moment um it's okay that Black Lives Matter is a thing. It's okay. You acknowledging and celebrating someone who is not, who does not look like you and someone who is not of the same culture as you does not cancel you. It does not replace you. It does not make you smaller. In fact, I want to believe that celebrating people of other cultures and people of other color will also 
elevate you as a mm-hmm. human being, as a person. And that's the I think that's the beautiful thing of being a human being, being of the human race. Mm-hmm. Just acknowledging mm-hmm. everyone. I think that, that is, will yes. elevate all of us. I, I just I don't understand that whole mentality of feeling like you're being replaced because a black there, there's hash there's a hashtag for Asian mm-hmm. women or black women. <clears throat> yeah, no, I understand that. <clears throat> Sorry, um, insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this is the question here. Um, as I um, gather everything that we just said, as black women, what I what I process is that our story and our experiences are not that familiar to other people mm-hmm. so do you think that insecure and i'm not really familiar with queen sugar i don't know how mm-hmm. they portray the black women or tell their story on there but this moment that we are in what a time to be alive <laughs> that we have all these uh tv shows and um all these black women in um, entertainment directing and all that do you think that they are telling our stories and also working are actually working towards removing that black woman stereotype that the media is pushing through do you think that Issa and Molly those characters are actually facilitating the stereotype mm-hmm. or are they appropriately um, telling our story and making us familiar with other people do you think that people are being acquainted with the black woman in America um, that's a good question the way the way that I think of it is yes and no. I think that insecure I had a good way of explaining it too. I think insecure is showing our experience through the eyes of the stereotype. Does that make sense? No. Am I making sense? Elaborate. Elaborate. Like I, I feel okay so the, the way that I see it is like if I'm watching it let's say I'm I'm, a, I'm not a black person I'm watching it okay there are some stereotypical things in there but there are some real experiences like for example Molly um in a recent episode she had um these white male co-workers that she had to go to she, she went to like a hockey game or something and she felt like she had to be around them more i believe to get like a promotion or something like that like to really talk to them and socialize with them more because she was the only um, black face in the company um and so she had to work extra hard and so while there are some things that play into the stereotype which i can't really put my finger on at the moment so if somebody else can help me i feel like the experiences are real like the microaggressions or um some of the things that we may deal with or like shows like um the bone gabrielle union um being um being mary jane um 
Now that show, I'm not saying there's anything stereotypical in there, but I don't know if this is just a Gabrielle Union actor thing, but she's always like the single woman who struggles to get a man. And I don't know if that's necessarily a, a black woman stereotype. Um, and so I really don't know. I don't know if it's helping us or that's a good question because I never thought about it that way, but somebody else can answer while I think. <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, yeah, to add on, that was an excellent question, Ife. To add on to what you were saying, Lene, I think it's it is definitely using utilizing both and and showing one dimension of the black woman. Um, because let's be honest, I think in some way or another we could relate in some aspect mm-hmm. of being Mary Jane of insecure of whatever ever show you watch um i can even, i'm even relating sometimes to greenleaf with grace's character um but and not because it's churchy people but <laughs> anyway um i think insecure draws a lot from like you know satire um just to get a point across um you know about like you were saying certain stereotypes that are portrayed with black women and which is you know serving a purpose um so that we're not all like that like for Issa's platform like because I've been following her since her awkward black girl on YouTube Mm -hmm. and you know she showed me um and she even talked about on Black Girls Rock she showed me like another side like because i've always felt like i was awkward um yeah so to see her same i still think doing I that, yeah me too <laughs> but to see her doing that on the show on her series like i was like yo i can relate to this character a lot like i relate to her a lot um you know so i think you know like spike lee like I can't think of anybody else who uses satire a lot in their television and films. You know, they're doing it for a purpose to to make a point, to um, get you to think about things. Um, how, like, and I thank the Lord, like, with this generation, you do see a lot more um, millennials wanting to reach out to, you know, therapy and open up, because that's a huge taboo and stigma in our community. And, you know, I think showing Molly at therapy, even though she was, it wasn't receptive with the efforts, like, that's helping somebody to be like, oh, you know, maybe it is okay yeah. to go to therapy. Yeah. Um, you know, seeing uh, her vulnerabilities with um, uh, trying to get through those glass ceilings at the law firm, being a young professional, trying to break those glass barriers. Um, you know, they use humor to make that point of her trying to progress. And um, so I like Lene, I just, to give you the crux of this, of my answer, I think that it is um, being used for a purpose, um, for sure, definitely. I think it's a mixture of both, but it has its intentions. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I agree with that because, like, like you said, um, 
now that I'm able to reflect, mm-hmm. I, I didn't process that much before I answered. But yes. I think insecure, um, it does break barriers and it does break some of the stereotypes. Like you said, like the black woman not going to therapy. Mm-hmm. Because even though Molly was um, opposed to it at first, she still went. And she had a, another um, black therapist. It, it, it could have been a different therapist that she could have mm-hmm. seen. So um, I think that showing the importance of going to a therapist who may look like you is important. Um, I'm trying to recall other episodes too, but I can't really put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think um, I don't. I mean, I don't think it's doing any harm mm-hmm. though, because I think like I even have. I even have some friends of mine who are not black who watch it, mm. you know, who still really enjoy the show. Mm. Or, um... And yeah, even, so, you know, to... Those are my to stem off of, I know we're talking about Insecure, but now I'm thinking about, like, um, Survivor's Remorse and how it uniquely portrays three different oh, black yeah. women. Like, you got Tashina Arnold's character, mm-hmm. um, Cassie, who's, like, real rugged and, and she's learning to love and all of that <laughs> and you got M. Chuck Cam's um, sister who who herself she was going through her therapy I love and trying me too I love her they tried to um to um <laughs> navigate through her own issues with not knowing her dad and her mom her relationship with her mom because they have a love hate and then you got um tiana paris's character missy who is like total opposite of how cam and his family grew up and um you know she was you know grew up in a well-to-do family and things like that but you know even herself she's trying to you know learn and not change who she is because she knows you know who she is and how she grew up was very different from them but you know just like in a sense learning herself at least is what I've seen in the more recent episodes but you know it's it's, it's a lot of rep- different representation you mm-hmm. know um being shown and I and that is yeah. like definitely appreciated um so yeah yeah for sure to answer my (laughs) question um at first i wanted to say that mm, uh, i mean it's a little stereotypey but now that i i heard your your point of views and i had a little time to process um i think it's not and i'm just talking about insecure i don't Mm -hmm. think that Issa, molly and their friends are stereotypes no yeah they are just a hot mess (laughs) and that is okay because being human is a hot mess and what these shows are doing is they're turning they're taking what people may perceive as a stereotype but they're putting they're putting they're putting a more human face on that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know um where not only can black women relate but Linda, you mentioned that your friends who are not black watch it as well and they probably could relate with mm-hmm. the ridiculousness too mm-hmm. so i think having an all black cast or 
black protagonists uh, and putting them out there in media and making them a regular like occurrence for people of non-color to be able to find themselves in that black character will potentially make us human right to people so that's true yeah that's my thought so to wrap this up overall well first does anybody have any other thoughts no no not at um all. okay so if you could use one word to describe how you really feel about being a black woman what would it be I don't want to I don't have a word okay or if it's a phrase it's a phrase um I belong here Mm. Hmm. and can I elaborate on that yeah go ahead um I'm now starting to live that phrase out. Of course, I still have my days where, of course, I'm second guessing myself because, you know, it's a habit and it's something that we have to live with. But um, having shows like Insecure, where I see black women on TV on a normal basis, is letting me know that I belong here, is letting other people know that I belong here. And watching them go through their hot mess is, you know, validating me. You know, letting me know that I can go through my hot mess and it's okay. I don't have to be all put together so people can be comfortable around me. You know? Like Mm -hmm. I said before, like, if I feel like I need to be jealous, I'm going to be jealous. If I need to be angry, I'm going to be angry. If I need to be sad, I'm going to be sad. If I'm actually happy, I'll be happy. You know? So I belong here and I can be. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, for me, for me, it would be. It's not one word, but for me, it would be like now that I have found my voice because I, I, I was never vocal about a lot of things. But now that I have found my voice, I'm not afraid of using it. And if that's using it to express how proud I am of being a black woman or defending myself and representing myself, I'm going to I'm going to say that I'm not backing down from that. So um, but if I had to choose one word of how I feel about being how I really feel about being a black woman overall, um, I would say blessed, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So I I think it's a blessing. You know, to answer that, I think that a word that comes to mind when I, you know, think of us black women would be, you know, richness. Um, you know, thinking about my mother, my sisters, uh, my girlfriends, um, you ladies. I love collaborating and, and, and sharing and hearing your brilliance and wisdom. Um, and even those that I don't know and, and I see on TV or in the media or locally, you know, doing amazing things, it just makes me think, you know, we come from a long lineage of women who have mm. 
sacrificed and who have bared and sometimes suffered at sometimes having to you know deal with those um, hard things um, but you know up from it yielded mm-hmm. just a embodiment of of beauty of struggle you know of amazingness you know I love my everything about being a, a black woman my natural hair or even if it wasn't natural if it was in a protective style um, you know mm-hmm. just the vibrance of who we are and our eclecticness and just uniqueness um, you know I think of Esperanza Spalding song Black mm-hmm. Gold that's who we yeah. are and you know that's Facts. how I would you know process this and think of you know black women yes um, indeed oh baby 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 i don't know hot hotter oh you're so hot okay ladies you ready for the hot seat question <laughs> <laughs> so i didn't change it um but again, the question is, um, how would you describe yourself as a teenager? In one word or short phrase. Um, of course, this question is two parts. So that's the first part. And the second part would be um, looking back, you know, as an adult, what is something that you would tell your teenage self? Um, I can go. One word that I would describe myself as a teen um, would be misunderstood because I didn't, I, I was and I think I still am on a search for self and who I am. Um, and I was, I've always been inquisitive and just always like, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? I've, I've always been inside my own head, my own thoughts. Um, trying to understand the world, understand myself. So that would be that. And then advice that I would give to my younger self would be um, accept who you are, accept your flaws, um, understand that you are loved, um, to love yourself greatly, and not to be afraid of doing what I wanted to do. Because I, I felt like I was so sheltered at that time that I couldn't really make the moves that I wanted to make or do what I wanted to do without the approval of my guardian mm-hmm. well I wouldn't say like that of my grandmother I, that was weird <laughs> but I felt like I was always looking for that approval like <laughs> like um would she approve this or I always felt like I couldn't do much so just be bold be fearless like go out there and do what you want girl so but I'm looking that out now so um, I'm still gonna say complicated, and because I was a very wise young lady at my age, um, and I think I was more, even though I was probably sheltered as well, I was still pretty much aware. Um, I was very introspective person Mm -hmm. and because of that because I knew and I was more aware of what people my age uh, were aware about it made me complicated Um, so I I stood out a lot and I was kind of different 
the advice that I would give myself, um, not only to my teenage self, but even up to my 27 year old self now is, um, <laughs> sorry, somebody was looking through the window and I had to wave that person on like, gone from here, gone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the player room is occupado okay anyway um <sighs> i guess stop don't second guess yourself you're right and the reason why i say that is um when i would um operate in that wisdom I was shot down a lot you know and I mean I can see like as a parent you see that your child is exhibiting a wisdom that can be kind of concerning because you know you don't know if that is going to lead your child into like a demise or whatever but I knew what I was talking about and I, I knew stuff um, mm. and also when it came to people I was pretty intuitive but I I was very naive and I wanted to see the good in people so I would overlook the red flags that uh, mm. I became aware of so you were right you are right and do not second guess yourself I think I would agree to that too that's a good point oh oh wait wait listeners remember join in <laughs> with the hashtag stimulate your YR mind. Join in with the conversation with today's topic and the hot seat. Okay. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Intellectual Intercourse.